The super wild card round of the playoffs is mostly in the books, and we've got plenty to talk about today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dude, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to issue a big shout out and thank you to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much and for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen Every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Joe, it's always neat to see which teams um, kind of actively or passively do or don't listen to this show based on their decision making process. And I wanted to bond with you over one thing before we get into the games. Okay, we did the post the debrief on the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what we said would be like the worst thing they could possibly do would be? Yes. Keeping Gerard Mayo and staying kind keep, of the course. Keep everything else yeah. the same yeah. and just get less experienced at head coach. And here we are, Gerard Mayo, head coach of the New England Patriots, not expected to hire a GM before the uh, the draft. Uh, they have some people in personnel who have been doing that, that mm. they want to make sure continue to do that. Definitely. Uh, you, your offensive coordinator, yeah, either Josh McDaniels or Bill O'Brien, potentially. Sounds like they're looking for, really looking forward to continuity on both sides of the ball here in New England. And that was uh, not what we recommended that they do. Correct. And, yes, we can always bond over slander towards the Jets and Patriots. So, uh, glad we can we can do that here. And maybe there's a, a very unique path for some of those Patriots assistants uh, or former head coaches that we'll get to at some point uh, on this podcast. But maybe, you know, maybe Bill O'Brien and Josh McDaniels and Matt Patricia and these guys have uh, something to do down south, uh, perhaps. So we'll, we'll, we'll obviously get to that. But yeah, don't. Cool. Sure. Yeah. I mean. We want we want to stay the best two teams in the division. Thanks for doing this, right? I mean, that's that's uh, that's what they're saying to us. So we had two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday, two games later today. We can talk about the four games that happened, which is the plan, and we're going to go chronologically in order. Which means uh, the AFC South champion Houston Texans and their blowout win over the Cleveland Browns is first up, Joe. Yeah, so. You and I, we picked Houston in this game, which obviously looks, excuse me, we picked Cleveland in this game, which looks like a silly choice, but we leaned into like this idea that this was a Joe Flacco team and the playoff wins and a really young Houston team. Well, Houston didn't care, right? I mean, CJ Stroud just came out and hit haymakers, right? Nico Collins wide open down the field all game long. Joe Flacco did the thing that all the backup quarterbacks eventually do, right? In the NFL, they turn back into pumpkins. And look, he's had his pumpkin moments with with the turnovers uh, during the impressive stretch, but he was able to do enough other stuff to make you forget about it. 
Um, but obviously Houston is telling everyone that they're a legit team in the AFC and they're young and they're probably going to be a force to be reckoned with for a long time with this guy they have at quarterback. Yeah. Um, defense, obviously, with two pick sixes um, in that pivotal stretch of the game where it's still kind of a game, but like started out as a track meet. And uh, I, I think watching Houston, it, it was really impressive to see how they mitigated the strength of the Cleveland defense, which was surprising. I, I think, and we could talk about that a little bit more with Green Bay going on the road and playing Dallas, but mm-hmm. two of the best defenses in the league uh, playing in, in the wild card round and both got like 45 plus points dropped on them. And I understand Houston scored two touchdowns defensively. So that's a little bit of an outlier, but um, that was the biggest surprise to me was CJ Stroud did not play the first time these two teams played and Cleveland. It's not like they didn't do the things they normally do, but Bobby Slowick coached his way all kinds of around it Mm -hmm. and had answers for everything. And that was really impressive. Yeah, one of the staples of Jim Schwartz defense is, well, of course, everybody knows wide nine, but a lot of bump and run coverage, right? A lot of man coverage. And I thought what Houston did such a good job of in this game, and it's not that from a volume perspective, but their play action game was phenomenal in this game. On play action, C.J. Stroud goes 5 of 7, 146 yards, three touchdown passes. And I think without Grant Delpit and Ronnie Hickman being in, I think that was a, a big deal for that for that Cleveland defense, and they were able to light him up on some deep stuff down the field. I'm like, dude, how is Nico Collins just never going to be covered down the field? And I right. that play-action game and how Bobby Sloak was able to incorporate it uh, was really good. 33% of C.J. Stroud's dropbacks play-action. I love play-action being north of 30%, especially in this game, and boy, oh boy, did it work. So Houston advances. They will play either the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs, depending on the result of the game this afternoon. No, they will. They will either play. Will it be the Bills or the Chiefs? Yeah. Well, that, yeah. there's a path for them to play the Ravens. If the so yeah. they'll play yeah. the Ra- they'll play the Ravens, or they will play the Bills. Bills. Yeah, that's yeah. that's their options. Yeah, this is the the joy of having all the games not settled and. Then they did like the schedule release last night. There were like three team boxes that was in like the one time slot to potentially right. play. Right. It's like, right. oh, cool, cool. Right. So uh, Cleveland, just real quick, um, you mentioned Joe Flacco doing the thing that all backup quarterbacks do. And I think this certainly, if Joe Flacco wants to be in camp next year, I think he's earned that right. Absolutely. But this story of Joe Flacco, um, even when he threw all the yards that he did in December, yeah, he still had 11 turnovers in December and January. So I, I think this is it's it's kind of always who been who they they've been. The defense just didn't perform to the same level, and the offense gave you 14 points. One of the big stories things in my mind lately has been, well, what does 2024 look like for Joe Flacco? And I don't know. I started thinking to myself, well, should he should he have a shot at being the Brown starter? And Maybe that's not what you want because you obviously have a lot invested in Deshaun Watson, but do you think there's a bridge opportunity for him? Does a team like Atlanta look at him, the New England Patriots? You know, are these are the, the, I don't know, I wouldn't say the Titans, but 
teams like that that are kind of in limbo with their quarterback. I don't know, Washington. Is he gonna does he get a real shot like that? Is he somebody's backup or is he gonna sign somewhere in the middle of the season? I don't think he's gonna have to wait till November. So I'll give you. Fair enough. But I don't can you walk, can you go into a season at this point in time? No, I, I, w- I w- wouldn't give Joe Flacco a starting the Raiders, job. The Raiders, I don't know. I wouldn't give him a starting job. All right, we got a lot more to get to here, so be sure to stick with us. But folks, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Well, game time is here for you and is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events new- near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets, all-in prices, views from your seat, and a best price guarantee Their app is awesome. It's super easy to navigate. I love the flash deals that they offer to you. And I also love that when you buy tickets, they send them right to your phone. You don't have to dig through emails to find the tickets. They go right to your phone. So snag the tickets without the stress and download the GameTime app. Create an account and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Folks, I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk just for a minute about being prepared for real life? According to the FDA, if pharmacies are running out of antibiotics right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade, and that's scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of my loved ones was sick and a supply chain issue kept them from getting the life-saving medications that they needed. Well, thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial uh, illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, among others. And look, this stuff can happen to any of us. So be sure to visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. That will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Joe, the uh, other game on Saturday, the Peacock game, which I think I saw had 20, 23 million. 23 million. Million. A very large number. Um, Mm -hmm. The Kansas City Chiefs at home defeat the Miami Dolphins 26 to 7. A lot to get into here. such an interesting game because Miami def- Miami's defense gave them a chance in this game, just like they did last week against the Bills where they gave up some yards in both instances. But what was it? Were the Chiefs 2 of 6 in the red zone in this one? Uh, the Bills were 2 of 5 in the red zone last week, which is a big turnaround because Dolphins finished a regular season 30th in the red zone defense, two huge performances in a row. Unfortunately, the offense wasn't able to, to get enough done <clears throat> Excuse me, in this game. Third downs, right? Just not converting any third downs in a game where I mean, it's 26 to seven, but it wasn't like there was haymakers in this game. Certainly the big play to Tyreek Hill happened, but this was like field goals all day long for Kansas City. Miami's offense just didn't have it uh, in this one, which, you know, I know some players are hurt and the circumstances just weren't there. But I think there's some questions here as Miami's offense down the stretch this past season didn't have the production that they had earlier on. Yeah, I think you had nine of your 11 starting day starters on offense. Can't justify 21 points in the last two games and needing a 50 play touchdown drive and seven points in your last six quarters. Uh, can't credit Kansas city. I think they were the, they, they really played with, I think the physical 
presence that you needed in an environment like that. And I think that was something Miami didn't have answers for. Year one of Mike McDaniel's offense was all about creating conflict and creating space. Year two was you saw the growth in the running game, but the growth in the running game really came down to angles and claiming claiming space instead of taking space. And I think that's something for Miami. I think that there's uh, some fundamental shifts that have to happen for the glass ceiling that this team ran into, especially if they're going to stay on the trajectory that they're on with the personnel that they're committed to uh, with the skill group being a lot of smaller, faster guys with the quarterback being a quarterback who thrives over the middle of the field and doesn't really consistently win off script or the interception was a, a ball off platform off his back foot because of interior pressure. Like, if you want to play with those kinds of pieces, look no further than what Detroit did with Jared Goff, who was another like limited quarterback, air quotes, with limitations. Detroit can take real estate and take space, and Miami cannot. And I think you saw down the stretch, really good defensive play callers took away what Miami does well and forced them to try to have to do other things. And they don't have the pieces, like they don't have the separators elsewhere. They don't have a physicality guy. They don't have the interior offensive line push that they needed uh, to take space and and grind out hard yards like a team like Detroit does or like a team like Green Bay who's rotating guards in the playoffs. Sean Ryan's rotating in for 26 snaps, almost 50% of the snaps. They ran over Dallas, kind of set the tee for the Sunday games. Miami can't do that, and until you can – that th- this is what you are. But another storyline of this game, obviously Miami's edge rushers, uh, I mean, just gone, completely gone. And they were able to sign a bunch of veterans this week, but there's a reason those guys are available when they're available. Uh, and I thought Fangio had a pretty smart idea to deploy the blitz. They blitzed a ton, right? 56% of the time, uh, which is way up from their season averages. And I know that with Patrick Mahomes, you don't really want to blitz. I think Miami needed to do that. But one of the benefits of blitzing Mahomes um, is that you force him to play more within structure, right? You take away some of his off-script moments where things can really develop and he can uh, make throws outside of structure. And you force him to make quicker decisions within the pocket. And I thought that gave them a chance um, to overcome some of their losses. But obviously, there's... There's give and take with that where you give up some space in the back end and, and Mahomes was able to hit some important throws in those instances. Obviously, Miami's got to big question with how they're going to manage a lot of their uh, pieces this offseason, including Tua, who is on is the fifth-year option. So that's a hard $23 million, I think, is what it's about. And from there, he'd love to extend them and bring that down, but then you, you're also committing yourself further, and, and maybe that's what they want to do. Obviously, gave them elite production this season, but you're always going to have to be mindful of some of those limitations uh, to, to get the most out of Tua. Yep. Okay. The Chiefs, obviously, they're waiting to find out what's next for them. Uh, if the Bills win, they're going to Buffalo. If the Steelers win, they're bringing Houston to Arrowhead. That's, that's the implication there. Uh, Green Bay, 48, Dallas, 32 in the 430 game, the NFC kickoff. That's that score ain't right. It, I know you said the right score, but look like can we be real here? This was this was. I mean, you're gonna look at the box score and see three touchdown passes and 403 yards from Dak Prescott. Does any of that matter? 
This right. was they got, their, they got their butt kicked. Right. This was a this was again Dallas getting physically dominated, and Jordan Love like, yo, this is a dude, right? Like, I mean, we talk C.J. Stroud, Jordan Love playoff debuts, just hitting haymakers. I couldn't be more impressed with Jordan Love. You know, and there's some themes to take away from a team that has stability and is opportunistic with a draft opportunity at the expense of pissing off their quarterback. And I understand that they could have used that first round pick to get somebody in house that would have helped the Packers the last three years win more games. But that selection and the incubation time that Jordan Love have, 18 to 1 touchdown interception ratio over the last half of the season. Packers go 6 and 2 over that stretch, including the Joe Barry disaster class to blow the game against the Giants. It should have been 7 and 1. This team's a problem. This team is going to be a problem. I'm very much looking forward. I think San Francisco will run the ball with success against them, and I ultimately don't know that Green Bay is going to have enough. But uh, they got the right quarterback in place because of what they were able to do for him to prepare him for this opportunity. And he lit one of the best defenses on fire, lit them on fire with Romeo Dobbs being the primary target passing game. Now, they also pounded Dallas for 33 rushing attempts as well, which has been the weak spot. But I don't know that you and I have ever fully committed to talking about how they drafted Mozzie Smith in the first round and then asked him to cut like 25 pounds of weight off his frame. Did they really? I'm glad I knew that. Yeah. I didn't know that. I know that now. I knew something was wrong with Mozzie because yeah. he wasn't that at Michigan. So, um, yeah, D- D- Dallas is going to have a tough conversation because I know Jerry um, – is not going to be too complacent. And this was a team that won their division. They won their final two games to stabilize and win the division. You get the home playoff game. You give up 48 points. Your defense gives up 48 points. And you're down 27 nothing until the final play of the first half. At home, where you were so good all year. It's tough. I have some thoughts on the Dallas fallout, but I want to ask you this. This young group of pass catchers around Jordan Love is fascinating. And they don't like have a guy, but they have a lot of guys. Do you think that makes them tougher to to defend? I mean, Jaden Reed's their leading receiver this season. Didn't zero production in this game. I think I think if you're a quarterback that's capable of executing like pure progression style passing, then yes, it does. Do we think that was Jordan Love? I mean, he's certainly developed. Well, yes, the answer now is yes. <laughs> I don't know. You and I, we had this conversation about Jordan Love and Justin Herbert. You remember this text conversation that we had before the 2020 draft? It's like, would you rather have the guy that wins in structure or the guy that wins outside of structure and have to teach him to do the other one? And it was like, well, Love's the outside of structure guy who you have to build from the ground up. And if you're going to do that, sitting a guy for three years is the way to do it. And lo and behold, here we are. And Who gets that uh, chance, though, dude? Who gets that chance? The Green Bay Packers, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's that's about it. That's the list of teams with that level of continent. I guess the Ravens. 
are on that that list at this stage with Harbaugh and Newsom, and Newsom retires, so DaCosta takes over. There's like Maybe five so. teams in the NFL that could successfully pull this off. Maybe there's a lesson to be learned. Uh, Dal- I have a, th- a thought or two on the Dallas fallout. We'll get to that here in just a moment, so be sure to stick with us. But, folks, the NFL playoffs are here, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you simply place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's a ton of different things that you can bet on with the live same-game parlays. That's fun. You can also find bets in the new Explore tab and make a parlay in the Parlay Hub the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I think the thought the thought here, I think a lot of people are having in the fallout in Dallas is, you know, is Mike McCarthy going to be fired after three 12 and five seasons? Probably. Maybe you feel, certainly feels like that, yep. which, is, which is a little crazy when you think about what they tolerated from Jason Garrett. But is this the Belichick spot? I don't know how he would get along with Jerry Jones, but from a roster perspective, this is this this to me like and Bill's not going to go to Carolina and try to build that thing out of the ground, right? He's got he's chasing a wins record. This is the, the spot the, it feels like. The hard thing about that is is Bill going to allow Will McClay slash Jerry Jones to serve as the executive of the football team? That well, feels like as stark of a contrast of what Bill has been and probably what he wants to be versus what the modus operandus is of the team that would be bringing him in. Go to the team that has talent in a quarterback and you don't get to pick the players or you get to pick the players, but your team stinks. Like this is 70 something year old Bill Belichick, right? Like he's got to make that concession. He has to. I think I saw Dallas. Um, was it Dallas? Never, uh, come back to me on that thought. Okay. Well, obviously we're considering Belichick if he's willing to go to Dallas and not have roster control. Um, and he should. I mean, could you, Micah Parsons would be a heck of a player with him. Those young, the young DBs. He's just got to find himself some nose tackles and some thumpers, right? That's all he, that's all he needs in is Dallas. Was it Dallas most wins in a three-year stretch without a home playoff win, I think? It, it, I think well, that's they, what it was. It's got to be true. They've been 12-5 and five the last three years. Oh, and they they won their playoff game at Tampa because they were the wild card in yeah, 2022. Was, so they so. lost in the wild card round uh, as the division winner in 2021 and 2023. So I think that's fact. I think that's 36 wins is the most wins in NFL history in a three-year stretch and not have a home playoff win. That's crazy. All right. Uh, the night game, Detroit brings it home. Ends the longest drought and playoff wind drought in the league. Almost as old as we are, or was almost as old as we are. Uh, Detroit defeats the Rams 24-23. Well, this is a this was a game, huh? 38 points in the first half, nine in the second half. You thought you were going to see this like shootout. Then both defenses tighten the screws in the second half. Um, 
you feel like both these teams kind of played well, well, well enough to win. But I think I think Detroit did the little things in this game a little bit better. And I this is going to be super on brand for me. And I tweeted it out. But those two punts by Jack Fox late in the game where L.A. was chasing just points and had to go long fields, right? That fair catch at the eight, a fair catch at the 10 was huge, was absolutely huge in this game. Obviously, you know, D- Detroit is on fire. You got these the, a lot of Michigan fans, right? They just win the natty. The Lions right. win this game. I mean, it's it's good. It's a good time to be a, a Wolverines and Lions fan. And um, I, I I mean I you can't help but feel happy for them. Rams a great story. What they were able to do down the stretch to get into this position, and I think it gives them a lot of energy moving forward. Stafford looking like a baller again. Kyron Williams an All Pro running back. The Puka like they got stuff here. Deke Kobe Turner. I feel better about them and their long term future. But right now this is about Detroit winning a, a playoff game for the first time in 33 years and having some real momentum. Rams win what, 0 for 3 in the red zone? Was it that? 24-yard field goal, 27-yard field goal, 26-yard yeah. field goal. Their two touchdowns were from 50 and 38 yards out. 0 for 3. Detroit was 3 for 3 scoring touchdowns in the red zone. There you go. And, and the other thing, uh, I, I thought the the play calling down there was extremely unimaginative. We're just going to try to force one to Cooper Cup and hope he catches a back shoulder ball. Um, the timeout usage by the Rams in the second half, building up to the punt, the decision to punt with four minutes and change left in the game. And yet one timeout left when you chose to punt. That really surprised me. Obviously you had a, I believe it was a false start. Uh, so you, it was a longer fourth down that you would have faced because you, yeah, I think you had the false start on third down. Um, but choosing to punt in that situation near midfield, would you not have rather gone for it? And then if if you do give up a first down, you hope that you give up a chunk play so that then they're in a position to decide to kick a field goal to make it a four-point game instead of a one-point game, and you could get the ball back. Like, What's the value of giving them a longer field other than playing the field position battle when you punt to them and hoping you just get the three and out? Is it it's because it was fourth and fourteen? I would guess is what Sean McVay would Still, tell you. You're in plus territory, okay? So if you give up two first downs, or if you give up a twenty yard gain, and then you hold them and stop them, and they're going to run the ball because they're in scoring territory, they kick a field goal. Still a four point game. You have a better chance to get the ball back with them starting at the forty five, their own forty five, yeah. than inside at yeah. their own eighteen. It's a net twenty four yard punt, Joe. Yeah, that's a good and and. Yeah, I think that's a good point is the time element, right? They're probably not running out the last four minutes of the game because of the shorter field, right? So it has to something right. has to happen. Right. Yeah, I think you're right about that. So yeah. I, I thought that was a disappointing decision from McVay. The timeout usage really burned him. Uh, because early in the first play. half, or early in the second half on like a... Yeah, they, they only had one timeout when they punted the ball back yeah. with four minutes left. Yeah. So if you look at four minutes left, we're near midfield. Even if it's fourth and fourteen, you got Stafford, who was playing lights out. He was. He was balling. Until they got down the red zone because they took low percentage throws. And they couldn't run the ball. So credit to Detroit's run defense. I thought that was one of the big storylines of the game as well. That's why I picked them. Uh nobody's run the ball in Detroit besides Baltimore and Chicago, and that's athletic quarterbacks. So we do know they will play the winner of Tampa Philly. And Philly. Do they care? I I think they're probably favored 
to win either game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, Philly has more dynamic talent, but they're playing terrible. If they were to beat Tampa, I think that would say something about their ability to rally, but I don't think they care. No. I don't think they should either. Did you hear the uh, Dan Campbell post-game? Sure did. Speech in the locker room? Yeah. Congrats, Detroit. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah, you got something good there. Anything else? Uh, One note I want to make on Packers Niners for next week. If if, I I know I'm, I'm greatly concerned about the Packers defense in this game, but if you can get a lead and force Brock Purdy to bring them back, that makes that interesting. That we'll talk about it on Thursday or whenever we do our picks this week, but I'm going to be thinking about that game a lot this week. Yeah, I think Green Bay is uh, a really dangerous opponent because they can score points in a number of different ways. And if you make the mistake and do exactly what Dallas did, right? Darnell, Sav- Darnell Savage had the pick six. Yeah, didn't it feel like he just wanted to throw the ball to C.D. Lamb there no matter what? There was yeah, because weird... he, was, he was chattering with C.D. the yeah. entire first half because he had three targets and no catches through the first like 25 minutes. And they what? They came out of a timeout. They came out of a two-minute warning. Right. Did that. It's like, what? Yep. A good play by Darnell. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, 48 points for the Green Bay Packers in Dallas. It's probably the the, the most surprising outcome out of all the games. That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Locked on NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino. We appreciate you guys checking out the show. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Make it a great rest of your day. We're out of here.